uh, one more time, Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to wrap this up today. And the only reason we're wrapping it up today is because pastor said, that's it, you're out, so I'm going next week, I'll be gone. And uh, I do have to leave again right after Sunday school. i got to be over at Brewster uh, for a service this afternoon. There's a funeral over there. So so thank you for letting me butt out. I, I just, you know, I feel so bad going in the parking lot after Sunday school and leaving. It's like, no, this ain't right. <laughs> okay, uh, Galatians chapter 6 We've been looking at restoration, our job of restoring others to Christ, bringing them back. Uh, How many people we know in our lifetime uh, that are going through all kinds of things? I mean, just everything. Your neighbors, your friends, the people you work with. Uh, My wife, uh, you know, she's disabled. And by the way, I like the restroom. We're going to test drive it with her here very soon. She couldn't make it today, but we're going to do that. Uh, but she uh, uh, she rides uh, Sarda Proline uh, bus to her doctor appointments, which is such a blessing for me because that way, you know, she'll have two or three doctor appointments a week sometimes, and it's it's kind of rough. But she's got to know the bus drivers, and she was telling me the other day about this one lady, and I forget what she told me her name was, but her daughter is going through a lot of problems right now. And, and you see what I'm saying? They're everywhere. They're driving the bus. They're they're just everywhere. People that need Jesus and people that need just just sometimes just kind of funneled back into that, you know. I hit that at the jail all the time. Uh, we'll start on Bible studies, and we'll give them a Bible, and, and we'll start, you know, refocusing their minds on that. And I don't know how many times they'll come along and say, I remember that. Grandma took me to church, and, and I remember that, and, and this is so good. And, and, you know, God's just getting a hold of their heart right there, all because we opened the door. You know, and that's what you're to do. Very seldom will you see the results. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Uh, But that's what we're to be doing. We're just to be doing that. Now, I want to real briefly, I want to do a little bit of a review here. Uh, We looked at Galatians chapter 6. Look at verse 1. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. And what did we say that was? A suggestion? Was that a suggestion? Say no, and I'll know you were awake. <laughs> it's a command. That's a command. There, There is nothing there that says, well, if you feel like you're qualified, if you think you can do this, if you like that person, there's nothing there. It says you find them, go for them. You know, that, that's about where it is. Uh, ye which are spiritual, are you led by the Holy Spirit? Are you trying to follow the Holy Spirit in your life? You're spiritual. This is for all of us, you know. Um, and we're not to be prideful because it's God that's going to do the work. If we get proud and we say, oh, look at what I did. Boy, you're done right there. That's it. God can't use that. There's no way. So that's a command. We looked at that. And then the method. How do we do this? How do we restore somebody? What's the, what's the important keys to this thing? Uh, look at verse 2. 
It says, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens. Remember, we we defined the word bear uh, as, as taking it up in your hands. And we can, we can take that and kind of boil that down into one word, action, action. Now you can pray for somebody all day long, and that's good. It's a good thing you do because that's how God works on their heart. But unless you do something that God is leading you to do, it isn't going to happen. And it may happen, but you're not going to be a part of it. And we're going to see here in a little bit why that's important that you be a part of it. Uh, prayer is the source of restoration. Obviously, it's God that's going to do any work. Not you, not me at all, but God uses us. And without our actions, he has tied himself. He has voluntarily done this uh, that he will not violate free will. Okay, so if you say no, I, no, I'm not going to talk to him. Oh, I don't like that guy. I'm not going to tell him about Jesus. You do that, you know, God's not going to pour, uh, force you to do that, but he'll reach that guy in another way at another time, you know, when his heart's right. So we saw that. We got a command. We got the method. And then uh, last week, I believe it was, we looked at the source. Uh you know, where do you find these people? Where, where does all this come where we can do this? And you know, look at verse 10. And it says, uh, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them uh, who are of the household of faith. That key word, opportunity, what did we call that? Do you remember? You didn't know there was going to be a test, did you? What do we call those opportunities? What do we call them more than likely? Trouble, problems. Difficulties. Oh, why did my car break down? Why? Remember I told you about my truck? Why did that happen? Because the tow truck driver needed to know where there's a good church to get his daughter into. If you were here, you remember that story. Uh, there's always some reason of why things are happening. Now, you think about this. This, this worrying about problems, worrying about things really does not make sense for a believer, okay? If you're a believer, who's in charge? If you're a believer, who loves you beyond any kind of an imagination that you can ever imagine? God. Why would he send you some dumb thing that's going to hurt you? He's not. You wouldn't do that to your kids. Not on purpose. Not too many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I, I, I don't know why this just popped in my mind. Bill Cosby, I, and there's a lot of issues with Bill Cosby, but he, one time, he said, uh, grandkids are the reward that God gives you for not killing your kids. Yeah. yeah. That's not a part of my notes, but it was there. Okay. But opportunities, they come. We looked at Joseph. We looked at Moses and all these guys. They had uh, the Apostle Paul. My, oh, my. The problems this guy ran into, the difficulties. But he went through them. And we will go through them. We're old enough here. We can look back on our lives and we can see where God, uh, man, this was a mess, but God. This was terrible, but God. You know, and we look back, 
there was a reason for all of that. God's timing wasn't right. So, so many times we want to go do something, and it's on our heart, and, and, and God's all in favor of that. You know, hey, let's go do something, but wait a minute, because it's not right over here yet. Don't go over there, because I haven't prepared the heart over here yet, but you just wait, because it's going to be prepared, and I'm going to open the door, and boom, away you go. You've got to be sensitive to God's word. You've got to be sensitive to his leading. But don't back down when there's problems, when there's difficulties. Don't, don't say, God, why? Say, God, why? You know, show me. What, what are you showing me out of this? Where, where do you want me to go with this thing? How do you want me to handle this thing? I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it. Um, the only surgery I've ever had in my life was a knee replacement. Yeah, I was not looking forward to that. I was looking forward to no more pain, which that happened. You know, it was good. But why was I where I was in the room I was in? Why that particular spot? So many people in and out, aides, nurses, doctors, therapists, in and out. And just a, a good countenance and a word for God. Did it help? I have no idea. That wasn't my job. My job was just to give it, just to give them people a smile, just, you know, come in at 2 o'clock in the morning to give me pain meds. Uh, you know, they're 2 o'clock in the morning. Are you kidding me? So I'm going to smile. I'm going to have a, you know, cheerful, cheer them up a little bit, you know. When I left, I had a one guy, he came up to me, and he says, you know, it's been such a pleasure working with you. I'm like, okay, good. It wasn't me. It was God. That was God. They had me drugged up. I don't have a clue what I was saying, but God was in charge. <laughs> okay, so we've seen the command. We've seen the uh, we've seen this, uh, method, and we've seen the source. Now, today I'm going to wrap this up. We're going to see the preparation. How do you prepare for this? And then what is the reward? Uh, the preparation. Look at verse 8. It says, uh, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap, cor per mm -hmm, reap corruption. Easy for you to say. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Hmm. That's your, that's your preparation. You don't need Bible college. You don't need a lot of training in, in all kind of methods and things. And, you know, you don't have to be a, a certified counselor to be able to help somebody. You know, it helps. Yeah. Sometimes it gets in the way, maybe even. Yeah, it does, you know. But just follow God. Follow him. Uh, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Hmm. Oh, hold your finger there. Uh, prep, uh, preparation uh, for being used by God to restore others is your life. It's your life. That's your preparation. It's your life. Not, not all this other stuff. The other stuff's good. It'll come. But it's your life. Hold your finger there and uh, just flip back to Romans chapter 6. We're going to come back here to Galatians, so we'll be back. I want you to see something here about your life. How does your life prepare? Romans chapter 6. Look at verse 13. Very familiar if you've been in your Bible for any length of time, but sometimes we miss things. 
Romans 6.13 says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Did you get that? The most important part of that verse right there are the two words, yield ye. What's that talking about? Choices. It's talking about choices. This is, these are the choices that you have to make. And I said before here, just a couple of minutes ago, God will not violate your free will. He, he's bound himself not to do that, okay? But what are you going to choose? Say, oh, man, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to do this or not, you know. And we make bad choices, we see things. Satan comes along, tempts us. You know, that's Satan's number one goal is to keep you from helping somebody else. And along the way, if he can destroy your testimony, yeah, that's icing on the cake, you know. Yield ye. That's your choices. That, that, the first thing that tells me is we do have a choice. It's our choice. We can either obey or disobey. We can do this or we can do that. God's given us that right to be able to do that, and we do that all day long. We make choices. But sometimes we make that choice that's wrong, and it ends up as sin, sin in our lives. And we have some of the really greatest excuses. Oh, it's just a little sin. Uh Uh-huh. Sin will take you farther than you intended to go, keep you longer than you expected to stay, and cost you more than you're willing to pay. And you look back on your life, and that's exactly what you can say. Amen. Yep. Every time I got into something I shouldn't have got into, I did not want to be there that long. I did not want to have to pay that kind of a price because it will end up in your fellowship being disrupted with God and all kind of stuff, you know. So uh, there is no such thing as just a little sin, you know. It's like just a little bit of poison that I'm going to drink. It's just a little bit, you know, boom. Okay. The other excuse that we give for sinning, uh, no one's looking. No, one, no one's going to see this. Okay. Probably not. God is. What's your body? Is it not the temple of the Holy Spirit? I mean, if he's right here, he's going to see what's going on in your mind and your heart and your eyes and your ears and all of that stuff. You know, uh, someone is always, always looking God. And the other one, uh, it isn't uh, hurting anyone but me. Oh, man, I've had that at the jail so many times. Oh, this drug stuff, it ain't hurting anybody else. It, just, it ain't hurting anybody but me. Well, golly, that's the point. <laughs> it is hurting you. It's going to hurt you. You take and you get into a little bit of sin that maybe nobody knows anything about. It will hurt you and your effectiveness with God because God knows and he's not going to put up with that. Why won't he put up with that? I mean, this stuff's fun. This stuff is pleasure. This stuff is, is so good. He said, don't do it, and you're disobeying him. And the pleasure that you'll get out of serving him and his word and being in touch with him is so much better than the pleasure that you'll get out of sin for that little, and it's gone. You know, this is eternal stuff. Why would we do that? You know, um, not only 
you know, not only does it affect you, but it affects the one that God wanted you to go help that you can't go help now. You just disqualified yourself. You're, you're, you're caving into sin. You're, you're letting that, that dumb little thing that only you know about, you're allowing that to be in your mind, to be in your heart. You say, well, it's not controlling me. Well, if you're not kicking it out, it is. Absolutely it is. And how can you deal then the way God wants you to deal with that guy over there that he has already prepared his heart for what you are to go and tell him? And now you have disqualified yourself. What's what's God going to do with that guy? He loves that guy. He'll bring somebody else. But you're out of the picture. Hmm. Preparation. The preparation that we have to do in our own lives, the only time that you ever prepare is because you have a goal in mind, you know. Chuck, why did we go to college? Why did we go to seminary school, Bible college, whatever? Why did we take all of this post-grad stuff? I mean, years and years and years. Why did we do that? Was it not because we had a goal in mind? Yes, it was. I'm so glad he agrees with me. <laughs> he would totally ruin my illustration if he said, well, no, I'm just having fun. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, we go through a lot of stuff to reach a goal. What do you do? A lot, a lot of you guys are retired, and they tell me I am too, but, you know, it ain't cracked up to be what everybody thinks it is. It's better. Um, what did you do? What, what did you do in life? What was your job? Well, I, I did this. I was, I, I, I ran shipping. I ran a warehouse. I was a welder. I, you know, whatever. Did you have any training for that? Yeah. You better believe it. Sometimes on the job training. Yeah. But the only reason that the company invested in that training in you is because they had a goal. They want you to do that job. And that's the same thing with God. He's going to give you the training that you need, but you have to be willing to accept it. You can't be out there just, you know, doing your own thing. It's got to be within God's guidelines because there's a goal. What's the goal? The guy that's been overtaken in sin, in a fault. That's the goal because God loves him as much as he loves you. Amen. He does. Yeah. So we got to keep that goal in mind. And if we don't, you say, well, I don't have anybody. I don't see anybody. Well, give it time. When you're ready and when God's got the other guy ready, it'll all come together. But don't back out. Wait. Keep learning. Take this time. If you don't have anybody that God's shown you that you can just be a friend, a word of testimony, just kind of point them to Jesus in that direction you know you don't have to preach to him not until god says to you know but don't let your life get all messed up in between times you know it's that's a that's a trick of satan for sure you reap in other people what you sow with them okay so god's like Chuck, it's my last day here. I'm going to pick on you, buddy. Uh, God's laid him on my heart that there's something in his life that he needs help with. 
okay? Um, and and God's kind of shown me a little bit about what it is, and, and God's hooked us up together and all of that. And, and if I go and, and we get together and all we talk about is the weather, uh, the browns, the greens, <laughs> yeah, the Indians, there are Indians. They call them something. There are Indians, you know. But if that's all we talk about, what have we sown? What have I sown into his life that will help him? Nothing. You only reap what you sow. I'm only going to help him as much as I sow what it is that God wants into his life. It may only be a thought. I, I, I had a guy I was working with this week. I've, I've known him. I've known him for probably ten years. In and out, in and out, in and out. He came in this time. He's alcoholic, and that gets him in a whole world of other charges and problems, you know. Uh, and I mean, this guy is a wreck. I've never seen him so mentally just undone. He's just out there. He's pretty well lost just about everything. And um, claims to be saved, okay? I, I'm not anybody's judge for sure. But I start, I mean, he was, I, my tactic is I just let him talk for a while, you know, because lots of times that's what they need. They need somebody to listen. And so I let him go, and I let him go, and I let him go. And I mean, he's just, oh, man, he's just beside himself, you know. And some of the other guys in the housing area, they're looking at him like, Oh, you okay, man? I mean, this guy's way out there. And I says, you think God knows all about this? He said, yeah, he does, but I don't think he cares. He used different language than that, but, you know, that was the crux of it. I don't think God cares. And God said, well, do you care about him? How much do you care about him? Well, <laughs> there was no answer. <laughs> Okay, and that was it. That's all. That's all I gave him. That's 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 God gave me nothing else to give him except that. And I'm going back this week. I'll see him again and see what happens. Hopefully, he'll calm down. Hopefully, when I come back here again in two years, I'll be able to tell you, yes, I'm. <laughs> yes, and it works. But that's all God told me. But I did it. You see what I'm saying? I don't know what the results are. I have no idea. Not at all. That, from where I'm standing, I cannot see that clock. The lights are glaring off of it, so I'm going to pull out old trusty here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the preparation. The preparation is your life. When does the preparation start? Now. Right now. Right now. How are you going to prepare right now? Well, you're listening to me in a few minutes. You're preaching this morning, brother. You're going to be listening to the pastor here in a few minutes and after I'm done. Uh, how are you going to use that to prepare you? Stay awake. Okay? Stay focused. Don't think about what's going to happen at home. Don't think about this afternoon and the nap that you're going to try and get if your phone would just shut up, you know. Don't think about that stuff because Satan's going to bring all that in. Well, what about this? What about that? Hey, hey, don't you remember tomorrow you go to work? Man, it's going to be rough, you know. No. Your preparation 
is to stay focused. Those thoughts will come. You deal with that later. That's what she's saying. I'll deal with that later. I, I, I've, I've noticed when I'm praying and I have a time of prayer, isn't that when all those thoughts come? It is. I've done something, and it's helped a little bit, and it's not unique to me. I don't know who told me to do it. I have a little notepad and a pencil. And when that thought comes, hey, you didn't get this done. You better go get this done. Uh, I'll get it done as soon as I'm done. And I'm back to prayer. Try and prepare. Keep your heart prepared. Keep your heart soft. Keep your heart open to what God's doing. That's your preparation for restoration for somebody else. It's your life. Okay? So that's the preparation. What about the reward? Is there a reward for helping others? Is there a reward for telling others about Jesus? Is there a reward for making the choices not to sin, even though it would be really fun, not to sin, I'm going to serve God. Is there a reward? Yeah, you better believe there is. God's not going to have you serving without that. Look at verse 9. The reward, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know, weariness... Weariness is a real trick of Satan most times. We're not really that tired. We're not really that wore out. We think we are. We try and use that for an excuse. You know, oh, oh I can't go to midweek service. I'm just, I had a rough day at the at the job, and I just, we, we had the grandkids over all day long, and oh, you know how they are. <laughs> yeah. And Satan will give you all that stuff. But that's not coming from God. God's saying, you've got the strength. It's your determination. It's your, it's your choices. We're back to that. Weariness. It says, let us not be weary. Uh, what is that word weary? I, I looked that up. What that word in the Bible means, uh, could mean several things, but in the Bible, it means worthless. Worthless. That surprised me. Worthless. Be not weary. Worthless. Be not weary in well doing. Don't be worthless in well doing. You know how you can be worthless in well-doing? You're doing it because you have to do it. I've got to go to Sunday school, and if I don't go to Sunday school, somebody is going to get all over me, and I don't want that, so I guess I'll just go to Sunday school. No. No. That's worthless. Absolutely worthless. Weariness. That's what that is. Weakness. It's a weakness. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, as a reward, if we faint not. Faint. We all know what fainting is, right? Is boom, you're gone. All right? I've only done that one time in my whole life. That is so weird. That's strange. It was right after my knee surgery. And I was back in recovery, and, you know, you're just feeling really good. And I was sitting there. They had me sitting up in my bed, and the nurses were getting whatever, getting my vitals and getting all that stuff. And I said, I really feel hot. 
And I mean, you know, and I says, the room is starting to go around. And I mean, just like that, the next thing I knew, my head's on the floor. They took the bed and they put me, you know, and I said, wow, that was interesting. (laughs) And they said, he's back. And they brought me up. And they said my blood pressure went to 40-something over or something over. I don't know what it was, but it didn't sound good. And the one nurse, she said, I have never seen anybody do that before. Like, well, phew, you know, glad to be a part of your education, lady, even though I almost died. <laughs> That's not what fainting in the Bible is all about. You know, that's not what that word means in there. Faint means to relax. No, I did. I relaxed. <laughs> and my heart relaxed and everything relaxed, you know. But that's what that means. Relax. If we, uh, let me read that again. Let us not be weary and well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we don't relax. Don't just, I'm, uh, that's it. Now, uh, yeah, we got to take a nap every now and then. We got to take a break every now and then. I had a, a pastor one time. Uh, he said, uh, he was talking to the men of the church. He says, brethren, he says, y'all need to come apart a while before you come apart a while. You know, yeah, okay, well, that's that's good. But relaxing, what is that? what's that all about? We're going to lower our standards a little bit. Well, we're not going to be pushing quite as hard. Well, I'm just going to lay back and kind of take it easy a little bit. Um, I'm not really looking for anybody to help right now. I'm just, you know, I, I've, I've tried helping this guy, and he don't want to hear about it. So I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just going to. That's fainting. That's relaxing. That's giving up, you know. And the other side of that word means to put off, to put off. Do you realize Satan has no problem with you reading your Bible and praying every day as long as you start tomorrow? Put it off. Just put it off. You know what you need to do, and I am just so busy. I'll put it off. And, oh, man, I do that so many times, and and it's not good. And i got to admit, I do it, and I'm still trying to work on that. God's working on me. As you can tell, I'm a work in progress. Uh, but I get so busy in my office at, at the jail doing Bible study lessons and all the paperwork that's involved with that thing. And there's guys, specific guys that say, hey, chap, can you come on over? I want to talk to you. And I've had so many of those guys say, what do you mean saved? Oh, I like that. You know, I love that. I had uh, one guy, uh, he claimed to be a Muslim guy. And he had this issue with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's a major, major issue with Islam. Uh, it's not three. There's only one God. There's not God the Father, you know. And he wanted me to explain that. And I'm like, I'm a little busy right now. You know, that's a tough one to explain. But God did it. We, we, I, I didn't do it. God did it, you know. But I do that. I'll put it off. I'll say, well, I'll get him when I'm on my way out. I'll stop on my way out, and I'll do that. And then 50 other people want to see me in the hallway on the way out. Then I'm late getting home, and Barb's late getting lunch or supper, whatever. So putting off, don't faint. Don't put it off. When God tells you to do something, do it. Do it now. 
Do it in the time that God tells you to do it. Why? Because God's already prepared over here where you're going, who you're going to talk to, what you're going to say. That heart is open for that right now. And if you put it off and put it off and put it off, somebody else will come along and close that door with that person. And Satan will make sure that they do that. Okay, so don't put it off. When God gives you something to do, do it. Just do it. Do it in his timing. Uh, it says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We come up with a lot of excuses, don't we? Oh, we're too tired. Oh, and I know about tired. Yeah. Grandpa was right. <laughs> Grandpa was right about everything. Good night. Uh, yeah, I get tired. Uh, I'll go home and, and I'll tell my wife, I'll say, well, why do I get so tired? <laughs> you got to love this woman. She says, you're getting old. <laughs> I don't have the heart to throw it back. Well, she's older than me. <laughs> Three months, you know, it's, it's a arguable point. But we're too tired. Oh, we're too tired. Oh, chap, you know, Sunday's the only day that I have to sleep in. Whoever told you to sleep in? I bet you if you had an early tea time at the golf course, you would be up and moving. Yeah. We don't go to church, but we're going to play golf. We'll mow the grass. We'll wash the car. We'll do the laundry, but uh, too tired to go to church. Yeah. They're fainting. They're relaxing putting things off. Let me just read something here. 1 Corinthians 10.13 is, again, familiar. I'm not giving you anything new here. It says, There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. That verse came to mind the other night. I was had one of them days at the jail, just everything, interruptions like you wouldn't believe, lessons backing up, requests from people. And, I mean, you just, you know, all I want to do is get done and go home. I just, you know, and God says, hey, remember that guy up in C Block that wanted to talk to you? You better go talk to him. Oh. God, I can't hardly walk. I, I, I hurt so bad. I'm, I'm just so tired. You better go talk to him. And I'm learning. Yeah. I'm hoping he's on the first floor. He's usually on the second floor. <laughs> There's a lot of steps going up to the second floor of that jail. But I'll get up there, and I'll start talking to him and just listening to whoever he is, whatever he's got, knowing in my heart that it's from God. God's engineered this. He's the one. And you know, it is so amazing how much strength I find at that point. I was ready to just walk out the door and go home and hit my easy chair. But now I'm up there and I'm talking to the guy and we're praying together and I'm seeing tears coming down his face, which means it usually means God's got something going on in his heart. You know, something's happening. And wow, before I get out of there, I'm like, hey, anybody else want to pray? I, I got time. You know, it just energizes you. God will not give you anything above what you're able to do. 
Satan will tell you, oh, you can't. No, no. God will tell you, go get them. Go do it. Go do it. I'm giving you the strength. Go do that, you know. So we're not to quit. We're not to be weary in well-being. If you quit or if you delay, there'll be no reward. We see that in life. What if you quit or delay going to your job? Will you get a reward for that? Called a paycheck? No. Your reward for working a secular job or a job is a paycheck. That's part of the reward, okay? You won't get it. If you don't go to work, you don't get paid. That's pretty scriptural. You don't work, you don't eat. You know, that's a good principle. Sometimes we want to quit. You say, oh, there's just nothing happening. We've just come through a time like that in our prison discipleship ministry with the state prisons. Uh, A lot of you give towards getting the addiction books out. Uh, and we've been, we, we, we just keep putting them out, putting them out, and putting them out. Uh, I think I mentioned to you we're coming up on 14,000 of those now in Ohio State prisons. And probably for the last six or eight months, I have not heard back from one person, not one. And we usually do. Somebody will send back and say, oh, I don't know where this came from. I don't know how you got my number, but it came on the exact day that I needed it. Thank you so much. And yes, enroll me in your Bible studies. We get tons of those. Not one. Nothing. So I start, are the books getting there? You know, are, are, are they being stopped in the post office? Well, some of them were, and, and they'd come back. And the guy at the post office, he said, I don't have a clue. Let's send it again. And they never come back, you know. Or is it the prison mail room? Have they put a new rule in effect that I'm not aware of? And that happens sometimes. Uh, or, or what's going on? And, you know, about two weeks ago, I got a letter. And it was so good. You know, thank you. It was just what I said. Thank you so much. I I just, you know, God's timing is just perfect. And there it is. And it was a book that we had sent. That's the only way he could have got our address. Only way that he would have gotten in touch. Only way he would have known about the Bible studies, you see. So God's saying, okay. I I think what God was doing, and, you know, I can't something guess God, but are you really faithful? That is a lot of work, sending those books out. There's a whole lot more than just sticking a book in an envelope and sending it out. Uh, there's lists of inmates that have to be made and organized, labels that have to be made, packing slips that have to be printed, uh, explanation letter goes inside of that. And then when all's said and done, i got to hike all that down to the post office. There's a lot of work in that. So you're going to be faithful. You're not seeing any results. Nothing's happening. Are you going to keep on going? Yeah. We did. We kept on going. Do you know what motivated us to keep on going? was you guys. You guys. And others also. But you guys. You kept giving. And you kept giving. And you kept giving. It's like God's not going to do this. He's not going to give us the resources to do it if he don't expect us to do it, whether we see the results or not. God's going to give you the resources to go talk to somebody, the, the, the lady next door, the person you work with, whoever. The, he's going to give you the resources 
It may be real small, maybe just a word, it may be just some little thing, but he's going to give you those resources. And why on earth would he give them to you if it wasn't for a purpose? Yeah. Okay, so we kept on going, and here it is. I gotta, I gotta share this with you. I got a letter, uh, one of a kind. I've never received a letter like this ever, uh, and we've been doing this a long, long time. Uh, I got a letter from an inmate up at Lake Erie Correctional. That's a tough place, and it was a half of a sheet of notebook paper. They're, they're frugal, <laughs> you know. They get a piece of paper, they're gonna. Take every little bit of it and use it, you know. Uh, and he wrote me this letter, and he said, Chaplain, he says, I want you to pray for me. He says, I got a judicial release coming up, and I feel real low about that right now. He says, I want to be with my family. I got four children. I want to be with them. And, you know, your mind thinks, well, why weren't you with them outside when you were free? And why, do, you know, that's God's thing, you know. And that's all he said, pray for me. He said, I need some serious prayer. He didn't want anything. He didn't want a Bible studies. He didn't want a Bible. He didn't want anything. He just wanted us to pray. Wow. Is God doing something? God's doing something there. God's doing something in his life. So I'm going to write him back a letter and just show him what all God could be doing in his life, why he's there, because God loves him. So don't quit. Don't quit. If you don't see the results, just keep on going. We do a lot of things where we never see the results in life, you know, but we keep on going. You go out to the golf course. I'm not a golfer, but you go out to the golf course and you hit that ball and it goes over into the trees and you can't see it. What do you do? Say, oh, that's gone. I guess we'll go home. No, you didn't see the results. You keep on going. Same thing with God. Same thing. But if you quit, there's no reward. If you delay, there's no reward. Uh, Keep going. Why? Because it's God's glory, not yours. When it becomes your glory, you're done. That's it. It's God's glory. What's the whole purpose in you helping somebody? So God can be glorified. That's it. And then you back out. The reward on earth is being part, a small part, of bringing some other person to Jesus. That's a reward. And that happens right now. You can have a small part in what God is doing right now, and what a reward that is. But the reward is also eternal. You're going to bring glory to God through Jesus. And that will last forever. And we can't comprehend that. Not yet. You know, forever. So I guess the question that I'm going to leave you with is what's God working on you with? It's up to you to answer it. What's he put in your path? What problems has he brought into your life? What difficulties? What challenges? What opportunities? Look at everything. Don't listen to Satan and all of his garbage. What's God doing? It's always going to be good. It's always going to be positive. Search it out. And then ask God for direction, how he would have you to go. Amen? Amen.